Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. New sermon series called It's Time. It's time, and I'm so excited for this. The sermon that I'm going to be doing today is going to be about waiting, all right? So my title is called Work Your Wait. Everybody say, work your wait. Go ahead and put it in the chat. Work your wait, and make sure you spell wait, W-A-I-T. We are not talking about anything that has to do with physical exercise right now, because this quarantine has been extremely disrespectful to me. Um, I honestly thought that what was going to happen is I was going to get some really cool new habits of working out and eating healthy, and turns out my habit was pizza. So um, we are not talking about weight. We are talking about weight, W-A-I-T. All right, so I know a little something about waiting and about patience, and that's mostly because I have four children. And if you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. I would be rich out of my mind if I had a dollar for every time I had to say to a child, if I have to tell you one more time. I'd be so rich right now. It would be great. But I know a lot about patience. Um, So I actually do this thing with my children So I think it's good parenting, but there's also a chance that it's torture, Um, but I think it's good parenting. And so basically what I call it is patience stretching, all right? And so what patience stretching to me is, is I basically delay the gratification. Okay, so we live in this world of Amazon Prime. You can get everything immediately, right? These kids these days don't know what it's like to wait. So I do patient stretching with my girls, which is basically like if they want something or need something, I make them wait just a little bit before I give it to them, just so they can sit in that uncomfortableness just for a little bit. And so recently, I don't know, maybe if you're a mom, you've seen this, maybe you you guys have seen it as well, but there was this thing trending on Instagram. I know it was trending because Kim Kardashian did it, so... It's cool. Um, But basically what it was is it was, I don't know if it was like the fruit snack challenge or the gummy bear challenge, but what you did is you put gummy bears or fruit snacks in front of your child. Small children is who you do this to. And then you tell them not to touch it and you record the whole thing and then you walk away and see if they touch it. And so that's really patient stretching. It's the exact same thing that I was doing with my children. And so I actually have a video right now that I wanna show you guys. Uh, me and my girls did it to our two year, or my two-year-old Abigail. So let's check out this video of Abigail and patient stretching. Okay, Abigail, mommy has a gummy for you. You want a gummy? Okay, all right. Now, mommy's gonna put this gummy right here. Don't touch it. Don't touch it, okay? Don't touch it till I get back, okay? Don't touch it. Don't touch it. We're watching you. Okay. All right, girls, come with me. Let's leave Sissy for a second. Abby, don't touch it, okay? Don't touch it. Thank <laughs> you. 
Did you eat it? Yes. <laughs> Good job, Abby. Okay, you can eat it. Go ahead. Good job, baby. Oh my gosh, isn't she the cutest? So this really doesn't have too much to do with my sermon. She's just adorable. I wanted to show you guys. But that's what we do for patient stretching. So most people would associate the word waiting or to wait with something that's delayed. Fair, right? Would you guys say, Sam? Yeah, fair. So normally you say that waiting is something, something that's a delay, but not to God. Not to God. Waiting is not a delay for God. So to God, if you think about it, what he actually wants is for us to be in the waiting. And so... What I'm telling you right now is that God wants you to be uncomfortable. God wants you to be in a space where you're uncomfortable, maybe even a space that's so tough that it kind of makes you want to jump up out of your skin because you just want to get out of that space. God wants you there. And the reason is, is because God knows something that we don't know. That a, a waiting season is not a wasted season. A waiting season is not a wasted season. God wants to use it. All right, so you may be thinking to yourself, why would this God who's good all the time, he is good, want me to be uncomfortable and feeling like I want to jump out, out of my skin? That doesn't make any sense. Why would God want me to be tortured like Jenny's children when they do the patient stretching? Um, but I want to share a little bit with you today. If you stick with me, it's going to get good. I promise. Let's get to the word. We're going to go to Psalm 27, 13 through 14 in the NLT. And it says, yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. So the definition of the word brave is ready to face and endure danger and pain. And the definition of the word courageous is to not be deterred by danger and pain, which is... What I find so funny about this verse, because when David writes it, he says, wait patiently for the Lord, be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. So basically he's telling you, yeah, that's what I just said. Danger and pain, it's coming your way. So be brave, all right? And so basically the, the bravery and being courageous, what that means to us is that we're going to have to do action. There's going to be stuff that we have to do. We're going to have to move. We're going to have to work in some way, shape, or form. And so God actually expects us to do a little bit of work in our waiting. We should expect to do some work in our waiting. All right, so I recently read something called the Stockdale Paradox. I don't know if you've heard this before. If you haven't, I'm going to share it with you. I read it from a book by Jim Collins. The book's called Good to Great. If you're in leadership or business, or if you just want to become a better human, you need to get this book. Uh, you can get it on Amazon Prime. It could be there by tomorrow. You don't have to wait for anything. So just go for that book. It's Jim Collins, Good to Great. And so the Stockdale Paradox, basically what it is, is Jim Collins interviews this guy. Um, I don't remember what his first name is, but his last name is Stockdale. And what he was is he was a former prisoner of war during Vietnam. Okay, so former POW during Vietnam. And Jim Collins is interviewing him and he wants to find out just what it was like. So basically, Stockdale was tortured. I should have called my sermon, it's a time to torture instead of work your weight. I probably wouldn't have been allowed to speak again if I would have done that. Okay, 
back to my story. Okay, former POW, he was tortured, beaten, broken down day after day, mentally, physically. And a lot of the people that were with him, a lot of the people that he ended up in that camp with didn't make it out. And so when Jim interviewed him, he asked him, who were the people that didn't make it out? Why didn't they make it out? And his answer shocked him. The people didn't make it out were the optimists. What? The optimists? I thought optimists were supposed to be the happy people that get through everything. But it's not true. The optimists were the ones that died first and didn't make it through. And he said, why is that? Why were the, why were the optimists the one that didn't make it through? And he said, because what would happen is they'd say, we're going to get out of here. I know it by Easter. Then Easter would come and Easter would go. We're going to get out of here by Halloween. I just know it. Halloween would come. Halloween would go. We're going to get out of here by Christmas. I just know it. And it broke them down mentally and physically to the point where they couldn't make it through. Wow. Man. How many know sometimes when you're, a waiting situ when you're in a waiting situation that it just sucks so bad that optimism is not going to help? Matter of fact, it's just going to make you even more angry, right? When your friends just try to be overly optimistic and you're like, seriously, shut up right now. I do not want to hear that, you know? And so maybe you're in a waiting season where you're a new mom and changing diaper after diaper and your child is not sleeping night after night and after night and you're exhausted. Maybe you're at the same job for the last five years. It's not what you went to college for. It's not even something that you enjoy, but you really thought you'd be in a different place by now. Maybe you're in your 40s and you thought God would have revealed your purpose and he still has not revealed your purpose. Maybe you find yourself in the middle of a divorce you never asked for. Or maybe begging for God to give you that child that you've been praying for. Maybe you feel like you're in a spiritual famine and wondering where the heck God is. Or maybe this quarantine is something that's broken you and your depression and your anxiety have reared their ugly heads. Listen, I, I know we're deep now. I promise you I'm going to bring you back up. But these are the waiting situations that we're in. And if I, if I got the chance to keep going, I would hit one for you. I would hit the waiting situation that you are in because all of us are waiting in some way, shape, or form. All right, so now I have told you that optimism is not going to work. I've also shared with you that there's going to be danger and pain. All right? But it's got to start with some work because when we start that work is when we can grow. Now, I actually had Diane over my house yesterday. And if you don't know Diane, she's a plant lady and she's a phenomenal plant lady at that. And so she came over and she was basically fixing all the plants that I was almost killing. And um, my succulents have gotten crazy. They're not dead, but they just look crazy. They're like five feet tall. Um, that's an exaggeration. They're probably about like this big. All right. And so I keep telling her like, what I want to like, they look weird like that. I need to make them small and cute. Like when you buy them. And so she told me what I need to do is I need to just cut the top off and then replant it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got this. And then water it. She's like, no. And I'm like, why would I not water it? If I'm cutting the top off, it needs water. And she's like, yes, it needs water, but don't water it. And I was like, wow. What a I'm like, thank you so much for coming over today. Cause I'm going to use this in my sermon tomorrow. But basically what she was telling me is when you're in a waiting season, so it's planted, right? If I give it water right away, guess what's going to happen? If I give you what you want right away, guess what's going to happen? It's going to rot. It rots. 
Why? Because it needs to grow roots. It needs to search for the water itself because otherwise it's not going to be able to drink up that water. So it needs to grow roots. It needs to be uncomfortable and be in that space. And so I don't know what your waiting season is right now. One thing I do know is probably for all of us, the first two weeks of quarantine was super uncomfortable. I think a lot of us sung into maybe some of our self-destructive behavior because we weren't sure what to do. That was just the beginning of our growing. That was the beginning of us taking root and starting something new into a new season. All right, so what I'm going to do today is I want to give you four tools, basically, that are going to help you work this weight, all right? And so I know, again, working right now when you're struggling through a season that does not sound like something that you want to do or you can do, but I want to share this stuff with you because I know you can. All right, so if you're taking notes, I want you to start with this first point, or you can go ahead and write it in the chat online. And point number one is I want you to start with honesty. Start with honesty. It's so important, important that we get real with where we are. John 8.32 says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. All right, so I'm going to give you an example up here of what it's like to not be realistic with where you're at. Okay, so pretend that this is a map, all right? Use your imagination. This is a map. And this spot where I'm standing right now on the map, this is where I actually am. And over here on the map, this is where I'm supposed to be going. This is where I want to be. This is where I'm supposed to be going, right? Where I actually am. Supposed to be going. Are we tracking? All right. Now, right here is where I think I am. You got it? Where I think I am. So if my instructions to get to where I want to be are go straight, but I'm not realistic with myself and I'm here, I'm not going to get to where I need to be going. You got to be realistic with where you're at. There's a reason why God put it in the word that the truth is going to set you free. And you know what? I'm all in for a good cry because this is going to be painful. Danger and pain, right? Brave and courageous. Get real with your situation. Get down deep into it. Bury those roots because that is where you're going to find your freedom. See, because God is love and God is truth. And he wants that truth to set you free. All right. So point number two, I want you to write this one down too, is support not solutions. Support, not solutions. So I think a lot of times when we have a situation that we're facing, the first thing that we do is we try to grasp for solutions, right? WebMD, first thing, right? You try to grasp for solutions. And so I was trying to think of an example to give for this one, and all I kept thinking about is being a new mom and how you have this baby and then it does all this stuff that nobody told you it was going to do. It's like, I'm not sure if I would have had this had I known. It's like all these moms are keeping this secret of all these things these babies do from like rashes to not sleeping, changing a diaper every five minutes. But one thing that my firstborn did was she did not sleep at all. And so what I did was I just Googled everything and asked moms, what, what, how do I fix this? Why can't she sleep? And so I immediately went to solutions. Also, if you hear a mom of a newborn say that her baby sleeps through the night, she's lying, because that's not a real thing. 
But what you should be doing is getting yourself support. Getting yourself around moms who aren't just gonna tell you what to do with your baby, that are just gonna be there for you. Let me tell you how this works in the church. You get a part of a small group. You get and join the dream team. You get around people that can support you and hold space with where you at in that season. So you gotta get that support. You gotta be around people. All right, number three, success is key. Success is key. Now, this is not exactly what you may be thinking that it is, but essentially this is, we wanna focus on the successes. We wanna focus on what's going right and what you're doing well in that season. It doesn't mean ignore where you're at. Number one was start with honesty, and we've gotta get honest with ourselves. But it, this doesn't mean that you ignore it, but you focus on the good things that are happening in your waiting season because it's tough and you need those little successes because those are the things that are gonna help carry you through, all right? So success is key. Philippians 4.8 says, think on these things, the things that are good, the things that are righteous, the things that are pure because we gotta focus there. Maybe you're somebody who's been struggling with addiction and you've been clean for not even 30 days, for two days. Celebrate, celebrate yourself, celebrate where you are. And I don't just mean like have a big old party. This is not always a physical party. This is like give yourself mental time to be like, yes, I did this. Maybe quarantine kicked your butt and your anxiety and depression are going crazy and you woke up this morning, got dressed, got a shower, you're doing work that you need to get done for tomorrow, you've cleaned your house, you need to take the time to celebrate and be proud of yourself that you got there because those little successes that's going to take you to the next season. All right. So number four is we have to trust God. We've got to trust him. All right, and so I'm gonna tell you something that I know that you know, and you probably don't wanna hear, <laughs> but um, things are probably not gonna work out the way that you want them, okay? They're probably not gonna work out in the time frame that you want them or how you want them to, but our God is good, and we have to trust in him. And one thing that's crazy about God is his timing is not our timing. You've probably heard before where it's like a bajillion minutes to God is like one here, right? And so I'm actually gonna give you an illustration that I recently saw a pastor do and it was so good that I wanna share it with you. And the illustration that he gave was science, all right? So I'm gonna get real sciencey up here for you today. And we're gonna use Einstein's theory of relativity. All right, so Einstein says, time and speed are relative to the objects that are measuring them. All right, so catch that for me. Time and speed are relative to the objects that are measuring them. All right, so how fast am I going right now? I'm standing still. <laughs> to you. But if you think about the Earth on its axes as the Milky Way galaxy travels around the sun, yo, I'm going two million miles per hour right now. You see what I'm saying? That's a theory of relativity. I just hit you with some science. But God operates differently. 
If we can believe that, we have to believe that we have a God that operates in a completely different realm, one that we're unaware of, one that we're unfamiliar with. All right, so here's more of what Einstein says, some more science for you guys. It says, the faster you go, the slower time becomes. And at the speed of light, time would stop and distance would shrink to nothing. Time and space are constant and universal, and they're actually flexible and personal to the observer. Wow. The problem lies not in relativity, but in assuming that our common sense represents reality. Let me read that last line for you one more time. The problem lies not in relativity, but in assuming that our common sense represents reality. What you see is not always all that's there. All right, so I wanna call my plant lady friend to the stage real quick. She's gonna help me with this illustration. Let's give it up for Diane. In the chat, hashtag plant lady. Thank you for coming up here. Okay, so she's gonna help me describe time for you guys. Diane, if you would stand right there, right there. Perfect, and face. Yes, face that way. All right, Diane, how old are you? 32. She's 32. Um, she's older than me because I turned 29 again last year. So Diane's 32. All right, so now we're gonna do some more imaginary stuff on stage. This is a timeline, okay? This is a timeline, she's 32, so she's standing at 32. Maybe about right here is when Diane was born. And Diane's gonna live a really long, awesome life, so we don't know when it ends. But Diane is here. She's getting older right now as we speak. I'm just kidding, Diane. But you are. So Diane is here, and she is bound by this timeline. She can only move forward on this timeline, right? You can't move back, okay. And so, we are bound by time. We can only move forward, right? So we're talking about God and how God works. God is omnipresent. What does that mean? That means God can, is in the past, the present, and the future. God's here. He's here. He's here. It's something different. It's a different realm that we can even understand. All right? So those things that you've been praying for, whatever it is that you've been praying for, God hears you and he knows where exactly he's gonna drop it on your timeline. The cool part about God is, oh, he's so good. You may have trauma from back here when you were three years old as a child, but God's like, oh, no, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna heal that trauma right here. Mm, I'm gonna heal it right here because when she gets here, then I'm gonna give her this. Then she's gonna step into a glorious season where she seeks me like she's never sought me before. Now, this isn't Diane's situation. She's already married. Uh, but let's just say that she, going down the timeline, once he heals that pain, she just is desperately asking for a spouse, desperately asking for a spouse, and God's like, no, 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 no. You're gonna go through this struggle after you're healed from that because he's gonna be over here and he's gonna be healed from this, and then I'm gonna give you the husband and you'll be ready for it, and it's gonna be so good. And then after you have the husband together, you're going to work together. And maybe she finds herself in a depression season, but God will use every single one of those seasons, every single space on your timeline, God will take care of because he knows what he's doing and you got to trust that he knows what he's doing and that he loves you. Thank you, Diane. I appreciate it. 
Let's give it up for Diane. I think the cool part is, is we know for a fact that we can thrive in our waiting because that's where God's working. It's funny, I came up here and talked just at the beginning about how earning things, and then we talked about working through it, when in reality, it's God working the whole time. But what do we have to do? We have to keep moving forward. We have to go on our timeline. We have to be brave and courageous. Let's go back to that word right there. Psalm 27, 13 through 14. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness. While I am here in the land of the living, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. So the one writing these Psalms is David. And you know, the best person to get support and to listen to, to understand a situation that you're going through is somebody who's been through it. And David knew something about some waiting. That man was anointed to become king and had to wait like 20 years before he actually became king. And then the man who was anointing him wanted to assassinate him. And so then David went on the run and the Bible's not clear for how long, but it's, they say somewhere between like one to 10 years of him being on the run with the man that anointed him as king, wanting to kill him. He knew what it was about to wait. But I think what is so cool, we're gonna take it old school for a second. So that, that verse, Psalm 27, 13, we're gonna go to the New King James Version and it says, hear ye, hear ye. No, I'm just kidding. It says, <laughs> I'm kidding. It says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. Oh, wow. I would have lost heart unless I had believed, believed that he is good, believed that he loves you, believes that he's for you and not against you, that he's gonna do whatever he can with his mighty power to get you through that waiting season. Oh man, do you know what he did? He sent his son to die on the cross for you in the spot that you're at right now. It doesn't matter if you're doing a terrible job through your waiting season, if you're frustrated, if you're making mistakes after mistakes, he still sent his son for you. There is nothing that you can do that disqualifies you from that. And I'm serious, nothing that you can do. If you take five minutes and just scroll through some of the Bible and some of the stories of the men and the women that are in there, they have made some big mistakes. There's nothing that you can do. But I think that brings us to the last thing that we need to remember, which is believe. We've gotta believe, not just that God is good, but that he sent his son, Jesus. And Jesus died on the cross for every single last thing that we have ever done. We may not deserve it. There's nothing we can do to earn it, but he loves you right where you are. He's that good. He's that good. And so in just a second, you're gonna see Karina and I on the screen and we're gonna walk you through that prayer of salvation if that's something that you wanna decide today. But before we do that, I just wanna take a moment and I wanna pray over anybody that feels like they're stuck in a waiting season. I wanna remind you that God knows where you are. He knows you feel uncomfortable. He knows you do, but trust 
him because you're growing roots right now. You're growing roots right now. Let's pray. Father God, we may not understand it. We may not understand how you can move through time like you can, God. But one thing we understand is that you are good. And all of the time, you are good, God. We're praying right now that hearts will be changed to receive that today. Somebody who's been struggling through a waiting season, beating themselves up over and over again, God, they're feeling like they're being tortured. But God, I believe that today you're gonna give them the word that releases them from that because your son Jesus is peace. So God, I pray peace right now over whoever feels this waiting season. God, we thank you that you are good, that you are for us. In Jesus' name that we pray, amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, Join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.